0: Morning. So we're continuing our discussion of the Brahma Bhimohan Lila We come today to the last uh, part of the Lila narrative Which of course is followed by a chapter of Brahma's prayers And some afterthoughts um, expressed by Sukadeva Goswami That's a long chapter, chapter 14. We aren't going to get there, but um, the uh, Vimohan, the great uh, bewilderment of Brahma, culminates in this final section, which most of you are largely familiar with, and we have alluded to it or spoken about it to one extent or another thus far. Um, As we've seen, there are different measures of... uh, Krishna's expression of aishvarya, that is, um, well, aishvarya—it's majestic, it's extraordinary, and in that sense, uh, bewildering—that hmm, has been have, that have been expressed, beginning with the liberation of Agasura, which brings Brahma onto the scene, and then the muduria itself, the sweetness of the sakirasa, was also bewildering to him. And in fact, we have said this is the. The fullest measure of the aishvarya, the when he who is all majestic appears otherwise and, and interacts with uh, his devotees in intimacy, hmm? uh, super extraordinary. Um, but Brahma couldn't couldn't digest that, so of course he stole. He thought he stole the calves and the coward boys and turned away. And now he's come back. Hmm? Of course, it's been a moment for himself, and um, there's a sense with regard to his return. And as soon as he returned, or the, the, the quickness with which he returned, there's a sense that he had done something in his mind that he wasn't sure he should have done, and was a little bit apprehensive about what he had done. Because again, he was—Krishna he, he, had liberated uh, Agasura. Krishna was his guru. Uh, It it was known to him that uh, through communication from the shore of the ocean of milk that Vishnu would appear in in the Yadu dynasty and so forth. And this was him much later than, than at the dawn of creation when he met Krishna. But the way in which Krishna was conducting himself after liberating Agassur, and then behaving as he does, as an everyday affair with his coward friends, he just just couldn't put the two things together. And he maybe even thought that perhaps this is an impostor. Hmm? Let me test him. Um, so he did. He, he he did something rather bold, but he should have had four heads to think about it, and he didn't. He didn't play it all out, and so it seems like with one head he went ahead and did it and then with the other three heads he he thought about it and circled back real quick to think maybe I shouldn't have done that. He's a little apprehensive. So in effect really by allowing him to do what he did which was to exercise his own magical or uh, mystical powers that have effect or efficacy within the the, 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 the realm of his jurisdiction the material world They he don't have effect in the realm beyond his jurisdiction where he finds himself now even though he's on earth he's on a place in earth that he, he's not the creator of he doesn't recognize it he created everything <laughs> he should so um, in effect by allowing him to express his magic um as he did, setting up for a further display, the ultimate display of majesty that we come to today. Krishna is creating a teachable moment in, in the life of his student. Right? And uh, so, as I say, we, we, we come to the end here and, and, and the end is underscored and t- before it even expresses itself fully um in, in terms of Ram's Mohana, his uh, bewilderment uh, at, at uh, under the the power and charm of of Krishna, that even he didn't know what was going on with all the boys and the calves and so on and so forth. Then he really he figured it out. Krishna uh, pulled back the veil of yoga maya gradually, and he understood this is the power of. Of, of, of Krishna who's god <laughs> and uh, he, he this exhibited the uh, dasya bhakti uh, uh, aspect of his uh, emotional transpsychological composition hmm? um which is to say even balaram was such as the power of of Krishna's, um, well, his power—it's unlimited. Now um, he's going to pull back uh, or demonstrate. Excuse me, I should say to to Brahma what what he did, and of course Brahma comes back on the scene quickly. He looks and he sees that, uh, although it's a year on of earthly time, which makes it that much more confusing. Him, everything has been going on as as if as if nothing changed.
1: Hmm?
0: I mean, he did a very extraordinary thing to to kidnap all of the calves and all of the boys. How could Krishna even go home without them? Hmm? But he went home, came back, went home, and came back went home. day after day, after day for a year. So this is pretty confusing in and of itself to Brahma, that the whole thing is still going on. Mm-hmm. So naturally, at least with one of his heads, he thought, well, okay, so I hid the boys. He must have gone and brought them out of illusion. I guess he has some power. So much for my test. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and with those revived boys and calves, he's been performing his leelas for a year of his time. But but uh, to sure himself that that was the case. Of course, he went to the cave and saw with his other head <laughs> that the boys and calves were still there. So then he had to think with his third head, hmm, what's going on here? I have gone from the scene of Krishna with his calves and cowherd friends to the cave and it looks like he has enough power to go there invisibly ahead of me hmm? right and replace the boys that I'm seeing now. So then he goes back to where Krishna was is and he sees with his fourth head that Krishna's here. So he realizes that that's not what happened. There there are boys there asleep and then there are boys here also. And Krishna's not running there when I come here and running back, it's not having this race back and forth. He's just carrying on with his sport, his Leela, carefree. I'm worried and confused. My heads are spinning, and I've used all four of them to figure this out now, and I can't figure it out. So he had recourse to go beyond his heads. Hmm? That's called meditation. beyond his heads. To stop his mind and enter into samadhi. After all, he's quite adept spiritually, as we know. At the dawn of creation, uh, being the uh, uh, born from the from the lotus, he, like everybody does, wondered where did I come from? What's my source? And so uh, there was no one to ask, and he heard the sound. The two syllables, tapa, tapa, and with the sincerity of heart that that he was pursuing, seeking to know his source, hmm, knowing the sincerity of his own heart, he reasoned that the sound is a response to my heart. Truth attracts truth, right? So, there's there's a nice verse in the Gita, in the sixth chapter. It comes to mind in this regard when um, Arjuna expressed some confusion at the sixth chapter. This is the end of Krishna's dissertation on yoga, which began Neha Bhikkhu Manasho Stith He said, I'm going to teach you about yoga. He taught him about the difference between the body and the soul, theoretically. Hmm? Sankhya. Hmm? Differentiation between matter and spirit, in brief. Now let me teach you the way to realize that difference and experience the, the, the Atma. That's called Yoga. So that's the beginning of his discourse. And there he says, this kind of Yoga I'm going to teach you about, it, 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 it's, the effects of it are eternal. Now the effects of Karma Yoga and Gyan Yoga are not eternal. Hmm? Karma Yoga leads to Gyan to Yoga, at which time the Karma feature of the Yoga drops off. In this context, karma means one is in the Varnashram system performing the duties, the karmic duties, according to his or her caste and doing it without attachment to the fruits. Hmm. Um, not easy to do, but that, that's that's what starts to turn karma from, participation in karma from a life of in pursuit of act a life of acquisition that actually causes one to go into debt. (laughs) Karma means we we seek to acquire fulfillment, happiness, whatever, through through things, identification with them, acquisition. But what we acquire by the act itself of taking is a debt that probably supersedes in measure, what we've gotten that we have to pay back. There's the famous uh, statement somewhere, uh, forgive me, I don't remember, about, and this is the generosity of the the scripture, that for those who who want to uh, eat meat by the slaughter of the animals, (coughs) it's recommended that they perform a yajna, they sacrifice a goat, and uh, and in in the context of doing that, they say, "Mom says it." Mom says meat. They say, "Yeah." So mom says meat. But they say, "Mom saw," and "Mom saw" means, "Me he, me he, me he," and so the implication of this uh, utterance is that now I am killing you to eat you, and in the future you will kill me and eat me. That's the deal we just made. Hmm? So now you have to think whether the acquisition, in this case, <laughs> is greater than the debt that you've incurred by it. Mm-hmm. And obviously the latter is the case. And so one's supposed to think about that. What am I saying here? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm giving this... So it's, it's, it's an impetus to, to give it up, if you look carefully at it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, the, so from the life of action that is in pursuit of happiness through the acquisition of things that don't have any inherent happiness in them, in the pursuit of enduring life and enduring happiness in relation to things that don't endure and are inherently neither happy or sad. They're just things. From that, with a little knowledge, then to do the things that are ordained by the system, if you will, and not be attached to the results. So that's now, that, that, that sacrificing, of, in, of, in greater measure, in, 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 of a different quality, hmm? because now you're not sacrificing to get the results, hmm? you're giving up the results altogether. You're no longer in a life of acquisition. Hmm? Even though there's sacrificing within the life of acquisition, you're not getting beyond giving and the taking, right? So you're trying to you're start trying to move out now by adding this uh, detachment from the fruits of one's work. You know, we're just doing it dutifully because it's the duty, and doing it as best as one possibly can. But whatever the results are, those are the results. Hmm? I'm not chasing after one happiness and trying to avoid distress. They come with their due, and I, I, I deal with them. So from that, Nishkama Karma, one comes to jnana, of course. Now one doesn't have to act anymore, one can sit. Within Gyan, one can do Dhyan, so meditation. So this is the course of yoga, if you will, as Krishna takes us from the second chapter to the end of the sixth chapter, where he comes out, in, 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 he begins by speaking, I'm going to teach you ultimately, he says, about Bhakti Yoga, the point being that the fruits, the, the results of what this yoga is, are never lost, whereas the results of Karma Yoga... Are lost because karma yoga itself is given up hmm? when we move to jnana. Karma yoga is uh, you know coming out of the karma uh, raja guna and into the influence of sattva-guna. Hmm. But the influence of sattva-guna even is temporary. So even you come into 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 vidya jnana vidyana, vidya. These are two potencies of the maya shakti. Right. So. Gyan Yoga is governed by sattva, so its results in and of itself themselves will not be temporary. But Bhakti, being near guna, well, it has permanent results. So he begins speaking about yoga, and he, Bhakti Yoga is the point. And he goes on about other types of yoga and so forth, and he culminates again back to Bhakti Yoga. Looking at the whole thing as a composite, we see he's teaching Arjuna about Bhakti Yoga. And he comes starts to come on full full measure at the end of the sixth chapter, which of course ends with underscoring what he's been talking about. Same the end of the yoga discourse corresponds with the beginning. So if you want to understand a book, you look at the beginning, you read the you read the introduction, you read the conclusion. Okay, you're getting some idea of what it's about. There are other ways to identify what it's about, but that's a good start, right? So we can understand the whole discourse on yoga is about bhakti by reading the in, the beginning verse of his discourse and the end verse. The end verse of course he says what uh, mm-hmm. Yoginam Api Sarvasam Badgatenam Taratmanam. Shadavan Bhajateyomam Same Yukta Tamu Mataha. This is the this is the best kind of <coughs> yoga. It's beyond yoga, he even says. Hmm? Connection with me. Hmm? Yoginam Apisarvesam. Hmm? So uh, anyway, in that sixth chapter, as Krishna is coming on with his conclusion. And imploring Arjuna to uh, invest himself in yoga rather than in dharma of, of being a chaturya and so forth, hmm? do my bidding. He say he wants to say um, directly, which may correspond as the, as the battle he implored him to take up did, but might not, hmm? right? Um, Krishna's not teaching Arjuna, foster your Varnashram identity. Do the battle. He's saying, do what I say. That just happens to correspond with what I want you to do right now into the battle, but really it's a metaphysical battle that I've asked you to undertake and to give up your attachments and so forth, slay Bhishma, Drona. That's part of your identity. Hmm? That's your teacher. That's your your grandfather. He, your identification with them—they're your my—that has much to do with your sense of I. So, so at any rate, a long story short, to get to the point, there in that last section of the sixth chapter, Arjun hesitates a moment because he, he he pauses. Saying, this is a daunting task, <laughs> you know. If you think entering the battle with the with the uh, with the Kuru's is a daunting task, I think that might be easier than what you're asking me to do. Hmm? Yoga, oh my God, I have to control the mind. Hmm? And I think that that is like trying to come to Madhavan in this time of year when we get windstorms, like just starting a little bit today. It's not too bad, but sometimes it gets strong. Try to control the wind. Hmm? Very difficult to capture the wind. Hmm? Right? So this isn't for uh, the weak-hearted here. Hmm? Arjuna is the, is the best of warriors, hmm? and he's afraid of yoga. Hmm? Not afraid of battle. He gave some reasons maybe it wasn't a good idea to take it up, but he's, ha, there are many examples of his uh, living up to the challenge of being, being a warrior. Hmm? So to be whatever you want to be or think you are or could be, materially speaking, as a challenge. We've got a better challenge, a bigger challenge for you. And, and the best of warriors in, in all of the Vedic literature is afraid of yoga. Now, if you're not afraid of yoga, maybe you don't understand what yoga is. <laughs> that's another thing. as There are all kinds of yoga popularized pop, that's being popularized and people are loving it, and, and so on and so forth. And they're and they're going to the Bhakti Fest and wearing a T-shirt said "Be in the Bhav." Well, that'd be good, but it's, it's, it takes more than wearing a T-shirt, right? Mm? So, to understand what yoga is, it's a little frightening, and we have the reference of Arjuna to draw upon. But Krishna, the perfect guide, hmm? the Yogeshwar himself, hmm? as he's as he's uh, described at the very end of the Gita. Hmm? Yogeshwar. he, he, his power hmm, that Arjuna thinks, uh, you know, I might not have, str- have the strength or fortitude to take this up, but but Krishna has power, and it's the power of his affection. So, with very affectionately, he says, mm-hmm. tata means dear, dear one. Oh, like dear one, you're, you're like. So sincere, you don't have to worry, don't worry. Mm. He says, uh, Pujapada Sridhama very poetically rendered this verse, sincerity is invincible. Mm. You don't have to worry, Arjuna. Mm. In this path, Bhakti Yoga, there's no loss. I said that at the beginning, no loss or diminution. Let me underscore it again, you've expressed your concern. That if I take up this path, I will forego the Dharma of Varnashram and I'll be culpable for the things that I should do according to my caste. But I might not be successful in yoga because it's not easy to do. It's like trying to capture the wind, to capture the mind. It's one thing to keep my body busy and, and so forth and fight and all kinds of stuff, but to, but to capture the mind, I mean, there's no more formidable enemy, hmm? and he is very deceptive, also. The mind is like the thief who robs the bank and then runs down the street. and Says, "Thief! Thief! Somebody stole the bank, robbed the bank," and everybody goes and asks him which way. It went that way, and, hmm. he's honored. And everybody goes chasing after, it and it's him, of course. So, very, very difficult to to capture the mind. And this is central to yoga. But Krishna tells him affectionately, "You don't have to worry. You'll be successful. Your worry was." That if you were not successful in this, and as a result of pursuing it, you gave up your obligations in the realm of Dharma, well, you would be nowhere. Where we, wh- What would your position be then? By proper execution of the Dharma, well, you go to the celestial realm for millions and zillions of years, hmm? that makes the time here on earth look short in comparison.
1: Hmm?
0: So much is the li- so long as the life there that it just it's it's called um, what's the amrit? Mm-hmm. They drink the, the nectar of the gods. It means their life is so long. You know, you know, it's just you do know, you know you don't have to think about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it ends. Abramam bhuvanaduka punaravartino <speaking> arjuna mamupeta tukunteya punarjanmana Krishna says this in the Gita elsewhere. 8th chapter. This is the difference between my abode and every other place that you could attain in this world. And you, Brahma, are at the top of the whole world here. Hmm? And even from your planet, everyone has to die and take birth again. But from my planet, punar janmana, you never take birth again. Hmm? It's categorically different. So you're worried that, well, if you were to perform your Dharma, at least you go to heaven. But if you don't, You may be culpable, and then if you're not successful in yoga, which is more difficult, then what? Hmm? And Krishna tells him, look, even if you perform this yoga imperfectly, the yoga I am teaching, you, hmm, even imperfectly performing it, you can go to heaven. If you perfectly perform the Dharma, you might get there. But if you make any mistake along the way, you won't. (laughs) But in this yoga, without even trying to go there, trying to go beyond it, with a different motive in mind, but, yes, it's difficult. You might not be successful in this life. Hmm? Christ admits it. He doesn't say, oh no, it's very easy. He says, yeah, yeah it's, it's difficult. Hmm? And you, you might not be successful in this life, which means, where will you go? You go to heaven. By imperfectly doing this, you go to heaven. And you go there with a different motive and for a different reason than those who are trying to go there. So your position in there will be different. Hmm? So when you come down from there, if my leela is being performed, you'll enter it. We heard about that. Hmm? If not, then you'll come and you'll be born in a family, a pious family, and where exactly where you picked off, left off on your yoga, you'll pick up again. And if you're more successful than that but not fully successful Mm. nonetheless you won't go to heaven. You take birth in a family of transcendentalists Mm. of of devotees or whatnot Mm. and again pick up. So he gives them this kind of um, assurance. Right? Mm. I forget how we got there from the Brahma Jnana Lila. Tapa. Yeah. So so um, anyway, Brahma was adept in yoga. He wanted to find out his his source, and 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 he was sincere in his efforts. So he realized the adage that like attracts like. That if you're sincere in your purpose, really then you're not going to be cheated because you can only cheat yourself. Hmm? So if you cheat yourself, which is easy to do, well, then you can expect a, a corresponding result. So, Just that Krishna told Brahma, hmm? excuse me, Arjuna, Brahma understood inherently, well, that sound, tapa that must correspond with the earnestness of my desire. Hmm? So I follow it. And tapa means, tapa means well. It means austerity. hmm? It means knowledge in an extended sense. Because by austerity of the body, hmm, then we go within, right? Even if I've often said by force. If by force you were kidnapped and tortured and thrown in jail, and you were your senses were starved. The only way to deal with that is to go within and philosophically try to deal with it. So, so even by force of restricting the senses, then the mind and the antark- antarkar, and the, the subtle body becomes active and more controlled and so forth, just to give a crude example. So, what to speak of um, systematically withdrawing from sense objects and rather than pursuing acquisition do the sacrifice that it takes of looking within right Mm -hmm. less is more so forth so tapa means knowledge it means light Mm -hmm. light means you know like illumination Uh, uh, so uh, and, and and we can say it comes to bhakti. Gopal-tapani is the Upanishad mm -hmm, that uh, sheds light on the efficacy of the Gopal mantra, which is the principal Diksha mantra of our Mm sampradaya. So, in effect, uh, Brahma did bhakti, we could say, and he went into trance. So, he wasn't he was very, very competent. I mean, he, he was the Brahma, so you know, he was super pious. It said, "From brahma from dharma Jignasu, inquiring about how to be a a, a a human, which, in the Vedic point of view, means to inquire about uh, meaning and purpose. The beginning of which is like step foot into Varnashram ashram and show gratitude to nature." Uh, the macrocosm for all that I I have and that I depend upon hmm, in order to function. For me to see, it's not just because I have eyes and glasses, but I need some. So, Surya Namaskar. hmm. So, this is a a beginning, right? Hmm. Um, uh, So, um, so, Brahma, he was adept, he said you you had to perform, in the terms of Varnashram, a hundred lives of perfect execution of Varnashram to to become a Brahma. Hmm. So, he did Dharma Jignasur. Jignasu means to inquire. Hmm. You've heard Brahma jignasu, Atato Brahma jignasu. Now is the time to inquire about Brahman. Well, that is the, the, the Purva Mimamsa. Udharma Mamza, later treatise. It's prefaced by the Purvami Mamza, which begins, Atato Dharma jignasu." Now is the time to inquire about Dharma. It's for humans. Dharma involves the, doing some sacrifice, hmm? acknowledging a, a, a godly controlling factor in the world, showing appreciation, hmm? licensing one's taking hmm? by acknowledging who's the source, who's giving. Right. so after th- this is the gradual course by thorough inquiry into the nature of Dharma one becomes qualified to inquire into the nature of Brahma
1: mm.
0: which the Atma is likened to the self mm. to be a perfect human being as far as you could like we see how how strictly the Dharma was uh, carried out by Ram mm-hmm. There's more to it there than, than there. Obviously, there's Rasa in in in, in Ram and Ramayana, but ostensibly, on the, on the surface, here is the Ra- Ram Raja the perfect king, perfectly executing Dharma in, in human society. Hmm. It's frightening to, what what what, he, what, he, what he, the, 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 the the extent to which he adhered to principle. Right. What a principled person, right? So Brahma anyway the point is, thoroughly inquired into, into 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 Dharma, so he qualified for gyan. Hmm? Inquire into into um into Brahman and Krishna gives him some little well, tapa. And then he's going to appear before him and qualify him for entering for entering into bhakti. Rasajignashu. Hmm? Inquire into that. Hmm? Uh, so he's in the midst of that. But point is that he was a meditator. He could go into meditation. Hmm. He was a very qualified person. So he has more than four heads to figure things out with. Hmm. He tried with his four heads to figure out what Krishna was doing, and he couldn't figure it out. Hmm. Each step he took with one head to another, thinking he did this, the other, I think, well, maybe it was this. He ran out of the four heads and think, how is he doing this? So I thought, let me go beyond my heads, tap into my omniscience, which is one of the qualities of Brahma. Hmm? It's a, somewhat of a relative omniscience with regard to the sphere of his influence. Hmm? How in the world did he do this? He went into meditation. He went into a samadhi, tapped into his omniscience, what power in the world did Krishna have by which he did this? I'll find out there. Hmm? I just ran from here to there, thought about it with four heads. Now I'm gonna go beyond my heads and draw upon everything in the whole creation, all the possibilities. Hmm? what kind of power? He came up short. Right? He, he became up, he became bewildered hmm? He became bewildered with what Krishna is doing. How he did? How this is happening? How are the boys there, and the boys are with him at the same time?
1: Hmm?
0: That's he couldn't even figure that out, and that's just the beginning of it. Of course, so then Krishna created, as I say, this teachable moment in him, and then he—what did he do?
1: Hmm?
0: Suddenly, standing before Brahma, and ignoring him hmm. he turned all of the coward boys and all of the calves into Narayans hmm. now Brahma's a little familiar with Narayan again he thought Krishna was the avatar of Narayan who was my guru giving me advice how to go to Vaikuntha hmm. of course there's no there's no sakya bhakti there he didn't realize that mm. now he's, he's learning about that. there's another abode beyond Baikuntha, right? Mm. where such things are possible <laughs> mm. he saw Brahma saw all the coward boys and calves turn into Narayans all of them were manifesting universes like and from their navels were coming Brahma's some of them had four heads, eight heads a thousand heads Million heads, whatever, <laughs> bigger universes, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And w- everything in the universe personified. The gunas were pers- personified. The, the 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 cities were personified. Um, the uh, elements, earth, water, boom, mirapo, and a little bayou, all the personified deities of them, the personified deities of all the scriptures, and so on, and so forth, all appeared. Worshipping the Narayans in each of the universes. Hmm? He saw Shivas and Indras. Hmm? And, and the d- display just went on and on and on and on. Hmm? There is no greater expression of Aishvarya found anywhere in the scriptures. And right, it's right here in this in, 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 in the forest in Braj, hmm? and Krishna showing it. We think of Vrindavan, and rightfully so, as a place of Madhurya, and by Kunt as a place of Aishvarya, but as we're pointing out, that Aishvarya is a subset of the Madhurya. It's in the background, hmm? and in the foreground is his Madhurya, which is even more extraordinary. When you put the two together, this is this the the source of all of these worlds hmm, and all of the that the, the, they involve hmm, is standing in front of me, or, it, it, and and everything that of any consequence in the world is worshipping that person. Hmm. What he saw was, <clears throat> of course, Krishna is showing him the panentheistic, uh, Godi perspective. On the nature of, of of being, and the world, hmm? you have. Of course, I'm using a Western term, but it's appropriate here. From classical uh, Western uh, theology, you have the the um, well, I guess you call it the, uh, classical theology. God is up here. Hmm? And we are down here. The world is profane and God is sacred and never the two shall meet. Hmm? You wouldn't know it, but that's what Christianity actually teaches. (laughs) So to leave the... Drop everything Jesus said and follow me. So so leave the world behind and and join God. The two are separate. Then over on the eastern side of the... Of our little planet here, we have pantheism, popular idea that made its way into, into into Spain and Spinoza, the famous Western philosopher who advocated pantheism. That's a type. That's the idea that everything, the world is God. In classical theism, you lose the world; that has to be left. Taken out of the picture, in pantheism, the personality of God it is lost, and the world is God. Hmm? This is Spinoza's God. Now you can find some some people in the scientific community who say, asked if to believe in God, they say like Einstein, hmm? some prominent people today too. Yeah, I believe in Spinoza's God. Hmm? the world is god i mean it's and it's fascinating and uh, to, down to its minute degree you know in the subatomic realm in, uh, into astrophysical you know space and and so on and so forth mm. and it is right
1: mm.
0: that's krishna's maya incredible mm. it is god that's our position it is and it's not panentheism Brings these two uh, polar opposites, in a sense, together, because it says "pan n theism." The smallest part of the whole word, you have the "pan," and you have the "theism," then "n." But that's very big. That "n," hmm? that "n," translated into the of Ashnamism, is uh, "achintya." Hmm? Right? God is in the in the world. Everything is everything is in God hmm? and because everything is in God, God is also outside of everything. Hmm? He's how can he be in everything and outside of everything? Ask soda. She looked into his mouth and she saw him inside his mouth inside a universe inside the planet in Vrindavan sitting on her lap and she, with her looking into his m- mouth and she looked further she saw it again and again and again hmm Krishna sitting on her lap and the whole world is inside of him at the same time hmm so we ask her what she would what what do you think she would say achintya I'm just a mother. What do you expect? A chintya. It's inconceivable. <laughs> but she's a wise mother, right? To arrive at the position that position. Hmm? So this a is not some just like okay, you couldn't figure it out, so you just call it a chintya. No, it's not like that. What Mahaprabhu's idea was all these Vedantins they're trying to figure out immanence and transcendence, oneness and difference. Scriptures talk about both things. They're trying to figure it all out. And they've got their terms that they've come up with to, uh, by which they have tried to bring it within the grasp of their intellect. But Mahaprabhu said, my reading of it all, which is from the Bhagavatam, which is the natural commentary of sutra. so I didn't write one. We don't need one. Hmm? It's clear from the Bhagavatam that this is just the case. Hmm? We don't have to try to figure out why it is, or you know, and 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 then take a little something off of it. Just like you could say, like Madhva says, "Vishesh." So, like there are waves in the ocean. The waves are the ocean, and they're not the ocean. And he calls it Vedas as a whole doctrine. Mahaprabhu said, just, it's just what it is. It's. The, I don't need to call it anything. It's the. It's, it's the. These two polar opposites, immanence and transcendence, unity and difference, coming together, by the achintya, which means the inconceivable power of God. That's rational. <laughs> God has inconceivable powers. He can do things." That, that transcend the limits of our intellect we don't need to overanalyze it we just conclude with this he has a chintishakti by which these two things are harmonized and he showed it he just showed it so what, what do we have to th- what do we have to analyze how or what uh, he's sitting on his shoulder's lap and 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 at the same time the whole world and her included are inside of him she tried to tie him up if that lesson wasn't enough It was two inches too short. He wasn't getting fatter every time she added more rope. Hmm? The implication is everything's inside of him. You can't tie him up. Everything's inside of him. Hmm? And he's outside of it and will let you tie him up with love. Hmm? (laughs) And now Brahma is seeing the same thing here. Hmm? Uh, This reminds me of the chemist. I think his name was Lovejoy. I've cited this before. He came up with a theory years ago called the Gaia perspective. Gaia is a Greek goddess for the earth and his idea was that the earth is itself an organism. Hmm? Originally his idea was teleological. Hmm? It included the idea that the earth has a purpose. That wasn't very popular. (laughs) In the scientific community, so rather than get banned, he, he rewrote it, took out the teleological aspect of it, but we'll keep it in. Mm. The Earth, he I said, is is an or- organism itself, and like a body, and we're part of it. Mm. So it's a nice idea, a basic kind of a spiritual idea. You can get out of it, get out of the center, because it's not you. <laughs> mm. The earth is the center, and you're just part of that. So th- it's an environmental perspective, right? Hmm? So le- let us live in harmony with the uh, environment, see that we're just part of something that's a whole, and keep it all together rather than seeing ourselves as separate and then starting to uh, do things like a disease, like a, like a for- act like a foreign agent in the, in the organism of the earth, and uh, create, uh, you know, problems, extinguishing species, and so on, so you'll have to be eliminated. <laughs> the earth will have to expunge you or get, get rid of you by, by a volcano. That just happened in the ocean off the west coast, uh, not off of California. Or, or an earthquake, tsunami, wildfires, uh, so on and so forth. Global warming. Get rid of these people. These uh, 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 climate problem. What, what are they called? Their disease, this disease. Hmm? So that was his, his idea anyway. Hmm? So we, we can. it's a nice idea. You can get the, the point there. Now you extend the idea. Reality is a person. Hmm? It's just it's not you. Hmm? Reality is a person. So we're speaking about the difference between when we, in our pantheistic perspective, is of course we honor the earth; it's sacred. Mm-hmm. You can get mad at Maya, but or you can think, well, this is Krishna Shakti; it's also worshipable. Mm-hmm. If you look at it like that, well, Maya is going to treat you differently, right? So, but but as far as God goes, well, the, the, the classical theistic idea falls short for a lot of people because it's like this God is a person. What sitting up by a cloud with a long beard or no face, and he's just judging, or you know, they just can't. There's no information about him, to speak of. It's very vague, and, uh, and for some people, it's just not. It's, it's not satisfying. It's like a cartoon. That's why some of these scientists, as well, I don't believe in that, that personal God. But Spinoza's God, I, I could see. You know, I could make room for that. And of course, I don't have to do anything. Change. Because <laughs> he's not given any orders, <laughs> the earth, the world is God, but it's not telling me what to do. Except the natural laws, maybe our dictate. You know, whatever. So, but here we're talking about a transpersonal person. Hmm? He transcends the limits of what we know to be a person in every respect, and everything is inside of him, hmm? and he's outside of everything. So it gets complicated. But the me and the means to realize that. Is to, is to deconstruct your false personality to begin with.
1: Hmm?
0: Now you have the possibility of a personality that transcends the limits of this constructed personality that is going to deconstruct whether you like it or not. Hmm? You can do it, you can deconstruct it in a knowing way that will result in an actual... Trans, trans, trans transcendental p- transcendental personality, arising out of it, which is which is a whole other wow. What are the, all the possibilities that we can only kind of talk about? What that freedom is, what that's like, and so you know we're doing that in these, uh, Bhagavatam is doing that, the Goswamis are doing it. We're doing that in our, our discussions and so forth. They're limited, mm-hmm. what we can say about Leela. It's 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 just you know like the table of contents or something. You know what's What's really going? What it's all about? You have to go there to find out. hmm? But we can make a compelling case for it, right? And what steps you have to take in terms of, as I say, deconstructing the the present egoic personality, the material ahankar, and so on and so forth. forth, Big task. So anyway, a transpersonal person. hmm? Get this idea of an ordinary person out of your head. with all of its limita- his limitations and so forth. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, of course, he appears like an ordinary person. <laughs> yeah. How are we going to tell this to people? How are we going to explain this to people? That's what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. He is a super person. All your limitations that go with your personhood that make you think, well, God can't be a person. You know, that's kind of, I'm, I'm limited by time and space. I'm just in a particular area here. Where, where is he? How can he be everywhere if he's just a person? Right? Persons have their limitations. They're delimited. Hmm? They have a size and a shape. So if he's a person, he, well, he can't be. Every, so I can't be omnipotent. He can't be. Om, hmm? he can't be uh, uh. Anyway, so th- th- these kind of problems. So, so we posit this personhood that exceeds the limits of your present personhood. We call that a false personhood. You can have a person that's similar to God and it's transpersonal. And then, of course, he appears, as I said, like an ordinary person before Brahma. So Brahma's like, you know, I mean his head's spinning around. <laughs> because after Krishna shows him this display uh, that everything's inside of me hmm, and I'm outside of everything at the same time, hmm. suddenly the whole thing disappears. Hmm this whole manifestation and this was not an internal manifestation in brahma's meditative head hmm? krishna brought him out of his samadhi and did this right in front of his eight eyes and he's turning his head trying to capture it all hmm? see it all and they're just they're just spinning right hmm? and all of a sudden it all disappears and there is krishna retrieving the caps Bringing them back, which is just what, what he left to do. He enters that Prakash, that one dimension, where the Leela's been going on with the original boys and the original calves for a year. Hmm? While well, there's another dimension, Krishna's the calves and the boys going home every day and coming back and so forth. But in that original dimension, they're still picnicking. Hmm? Krishna was said, Don't worry, sit here, enjoy. I'll get the calves. They're just nearby. They were just nearby. He just bringing them back. A year, mm-hmm. it took on Earth in that dimension. The year seemed like a moment in that Prakash. and there Brahma finds himself in that original Prakash now, and everything else is disapp. All the other prakashes are that's. This is now front and center. You can in, you could walk into it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were a coward boy, but the boys, um, now there. <laughs> The the the, the 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 illusory boys, the Krishna's manifestation of the boys. That's all gone now. Just Krishna, his friends, his calves, and Brahma seeing this. And before Krishna returns, he stops, and Brahma prostrates himself.
1: Hmm.
0: Hmm he is embarrassed when all these cowherd boys that were Krishna turned into Vishnu forms and so on and so forth they laughed at him also they poked fun at him they said you are Aja Aja means unborn right but it also means goat you are a goat Hmm? we are cowherders you are a goat a billy goat that's all (laughs) <laughs> you fool. So he's been embarrassed now by his God, which is the business of a guru to chastise us, right? Huh? So then he begins to prostrate himself before Krishna. He bows down with his one head, eyes at the feet, his other head on the top is looking at the face of Krishna. Hmm? He's bowing with a Vaishvarya to the feet of Krishna with his t- one head, his other head is seeing the madhurya of Krishna he and he, and it he goes from head to head he's putting it together the madhuri and the ishvarya hmm? well, this, this whole leela is, is, is about he's tr- trying to he he, he's, he krishna's enabling him to assimilate it hmm? what what took place hmm? in this way then uh, he he um uh he of course he's he, he's fallen off of his swan which the implication of course is which Gods don't touch the earth, hmm? so he's touching the earth. Means he's he's in transition now. He's transitioning away from his deva ego hmm? to the ego of that he's been invited into uh, of being a friend of Krishna. hmm? And he offers now he offers prayers, so many prayers. I mean, there's many of them, but I will read to you just this very brief synopsis. Very very brief of his prayers that I've written and centered on the main one. See if I can find it here. So, I've written an entire kind of feelingful understanding of all of his prayers. That's a separate appendix to the book, but here we have a brief summary of the prayers in one paragraph. The heart of Brahma's prayers was this. Praising those with ragatmika sakya and glorifying braj, the coward kingdom of Nanda, as the domain of sakyam. this is all in his prayers, Brahma clearly stated that eternal sanatanam, friendship, mitram, is the highest bliss, paramananda. Hmm? Yan mitram paramanandam. Purna brahma. At the same time he explained that Krishna is the complete expression of Brahman, Param Brahman. Hmm? As the complete expression of Brahman, I should say, he is also himself the highest bliss personified and one's eternal friend. Another way of translating that particular verse. Then, praising the residents of Brudge in general, and the coward boys in particular, he expressed his longing for, for Sambandhanuga Bhakti in, Samban- in Sambandhanuga Bhakti to reside therein by means of taking shelter of their lotus feet. These Ragatmika Agatmika, Sakyaprem, the friends of Krishna. He did not pray directly to Krishna to bless him to become a coward boy, but rather to attain the dust from the feet of the residents of Braj. I'll read that again. He did not pray directly to Krishna to bless him, to become a coward boy, but rather to attain the dust from the feet of the residents, their grace, and that and that of the coward boys in particular who were right there, iha, in that very forest, in the midst of Krishna's cowherding, that serves as a portal to eternal friendship, knowing that the good fortune, buddhi bhagyam, of rag bhakti is attained only by the grace of such devotees. Thus, Brahma showed skill in, bra- in bhajan as he longed for bhava bhakti, and then concluded his prayers with namsan kirtan, Sri Krishna, Vishnu, Kula, names of Krishna, the last prayer, and he circumambulates Krishna doing Nam-kirtan, invoking his names. Hmm. This is I just quoted a few verses in there. This is the essence of his prayers. Well received by Krishna. Very very useful for us to go through. Brahmas, foreheaded and samadhi, <laughs> beyond the head, reflections on all that took place there. Hmm. Then, to conclude, as we must reach an end here for the moment. Hmm. As for himself, Krishna remains silent throughout Brahma's recitation. By the power of his veiled omniscience, Krishna accepted all of Brahma's prayers and blessed him. But steeped in the bab of a a very young village coward, he found this highly uncommon scene, a reddish golden being with four crowned heads weeping and composing prayers to God in the middle of the forest, somewhat bewildering. Hmm. Then Brahma circumambulated his deity and departed. Jiva Goswami comments, going over the story from the beginning to the end and back again, my mind is astonished. Ah. Following Brahma's departure, Krishna retrieved the nearby calves and returned to the circle of his friends. Together they collected themselves and marched homeward, recalling the events of the day and their encounter with Agasura in particular. Summoning the calves, Krishna entered the cow compound, accompanied by the rambunctious, festivous clamor of horns and bamboo flutes. His limbs were painted with minerals from the forest and decorated with flowers and peacock feathers. His glories, which purify those who hear them, were celebrated in songs, spontaneously composed by his sakas, his figure, a feast for the eyes of the elderly gopis, those in Vatsalirasa, as he returns. That is... The cowards composed and chanted about Krishna's exploits in Lila Kirtan as they entered the village. The calves were in front prancing and raising their tails and the cowards themselves were dancing all the way, causing the earth to tremble and the heavens above to open in amazement. Arms raised, buffalo horns and flutes resounding, the cowards surrounded Nanda's son as they emerged with him from a cloud of cow dust at the junction of the jungle and the village of Braj. Observing this scene, the sun set itself out of deference to the brilliance of Krishna's sapphire-like effulgence. Words cannot describe this spectacle, and they fail miserably to do justice to the feelings it stirs in the hearts of Sakirati, Upasapas, like all of some of you. (laughs) Then, this then is one sweet song that the cowards sang. Today, Nanda and Yasoda's son slayed a snake and saved us from cessation. The serpent's lips were like the banks of clouds, its teeth like mountain peaks. Its heart breathed, its its heated, excuse me, breath bellowed like the wind from Raging forest flames. Its split tongue invited us to explore its secret pathways. Some of us, in jest, compared the serpent to a cave, laughing as we marched into his mountain trap. Others saw the snake alone, imagining its mood, but all of us passed into his gaping jaws and fainted once within, while other beings fainted outside as Krishna entered too. Then glancing with affection, he brought us back to life and glorified the forest as we picnicked in delight. Sri Brahma Mohan Lila Ajay. So now we will extend Harinam initiation to one of our long-time students. <laughs> too long. Followers. Who's come all the way from Europe to participate in our festival, which we encourage others to do. Come, sit here, please. Hmm. Do we have the necessary ingredients? We do. Pancha Samskar. This has been, it's the system of bhakti Thakur, that he has advocated. Tapa, Udva, Pundra, Tilak, Tapa. i are going to get the Tapa of Brahma. In a godia style, which we stamp Krishna's name on your body, and um, Uddhva Pudra, Pundra, Tapa, Yajna. So, we're giving you Harinam and Maha Mantra, blessing to chant Maha Mantra. This is the uh, Nam mantra central to. Uh, and that which is principally employed in the Namsankirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mm-hmm. Um, so and that is said, Namsankirtan to be the Yajna of Kali Yuga. Krishnavarnam Trisakrishnam Sango Pangastra Yajnai Yagnai Sankirtana. Yagnai Yogya Sankirtana prayer Yajantihi Sumedasaha Intelligent people, like Brahma, we just saw with the foreheads, he came to the conclusion. Do nam and kirtan, make a circle around Krishna. People will think you're crazy, but I've thought this out with four heads and more, and, and it, it will have an extraordinary result. Right. So uh, then we give a name also, and um, uh, pundra, tapa, nam, yogya, and what's the fifth one? Mantra. So that would be the Maha Mantra mm-hmm. in this case. Okay? So, here's uh, the T-lock first. Now this T-lock is maybe not something you can wear at work. I don't know. Maybe you can. But uh, you have some homework. All right, Homework is your sadhana, chanting japa, listening to the talks, mm-hmm. and so forth. Uh, and it will be useful, helpful. Adorn yourself with tilak and enter the yajna of japa. Krishna says, what is Krishna say in the Gita amongst Yogyas, I am Japa. So, when we do Japa, it means of Mahamantra. We chant on the Tulsi bead, and this is a string of 108 beads. So we have a large bead and a small bead. It's like the trunk, the bottom of a tree goes up to the top. It gets smaller, and then we have this one other bead. This is sometimes called the Krishna bead, or that's where you get the fruit there. So you go down here, up, uh, pick a fruit. Go back down that so from here to here, from small to large is one one round. Back around is another round. You chant with the thumb and the middle finger like this. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hari Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare, Hare. And then to the next beat. Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hari Hari Rama Hare Rama 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 Hari Hari. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna Hare Hare, Hare Ram Hare Ram Rama, 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 Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare 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 Rama, Hari Rama, 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 Hare Hare. I've chanted on these earlier today, but again. And so now your, um, your sadhana then, your homework, if you will, which you have to, just like you have to dress for work, so you can dress for your homework. Hmm? In attire that will re, will will remind you hmm, of what you're about and what this occasion is—receiving initiation and so forth. So it's useful. This is the tapa. Didn't hurt, did it? <laughs> okay, good. And that tapa will be—it means light too. it. Will serve as a light. Hmm. Uh, to show off your 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 uh, commitment to Krishna, so I ask you to chant. Uh, now you've been chanting on on these beads, right? Some other beads, you've yeah. been chanting. So you chant a certain number every day. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. So that you make a commitment to do that every day. Hmm? And the principle here is to is to commit to a certain number and and stick with that. The number is somewhat relative. Prabhupada asked his disciples to chant 64 rounds. They couldn't do it. He said 32. They couldn't do it. He said 16. They could do it. Hey, Then he emphasized that, stay there, stay there. But in his own explanation of this principle, in active devotion, he says, this is relative. Mm-hmm. You want to take a, make a commitment, which is the beginning of sharanagati, accepting... What is is favorable, object, rejecting what's unfavorable, the spirit behind that is a commitment of, of vratta. Hmm? So, um, a commitment to a certain standard of sadhana, and every day that will help you do that, that will help you to grow, right? You don't want to make a commitment that you can't keep up, then it becomes counterproductive, right? But it shouldn't be one, <laughs> so, do you have any questions? No. Okay. Come here, right here. And first, we're add this. Of course, this is important. Kuntimala, neck beads of the Tulsi. This is recommended by Sanatana Goswami in Hari Bhakti Vilas. Sanatana Goswami Prabhupada Ke Jai. Good. Okay. Om
1: Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama Hare Hare. Okay
0: your name is Ram Mohan Ram Mohan Kijay. No. Ram Mohan has many ma- different meanings that Mohan me- Mohan is a name for Krishna in a sense M- Madan Mohan he bewilders Mohan Cupid even hmm? so we can see that from Brahma Mohan he bewildered even Ram Ram Mohan that's one meaning hmm? of course he dazzles or Bewilders and captivates Ram every single day, hmm. so in that sense, it's a name for Krishna. But because Mohan is also thought of as a name of a Krishna, Ram Mohan is also means Ram and Krishna. Hmm. It means Ram who's, it means Ram who's bewildered by Krishna, by the love of Krishna, in a positive sense, and um, it can also mean Ram who's, who himself has bewildering power. <laughs> so different. Balaram all, in all cases we're speaking about Balaram it's a nice name relative to all these discussions that we've been having about Ramavimohanlela Ram Mohan Ki Jai Jai Gaur Bhakti Vrnda Ki Jai Valji Gopal Ki Jai Gaur Premanande Vanchakau Patru Vyascha Kripa Sindhu Vyavaccha Patitanam Bhavani Vaisna Vibhanamana Maha Anantako Vaisna Ki Jai Gaur Premanande Jai so this is my last talk here um, and the end of our month-long festival uh, some devotees will stay on of course Padman manadmarsh will stay on for another 10 days or so and continue his lectures I will return to our and try to get help Grunishta and Brenya get my book out uh, <laughs> Among other things, uh, the air Chidahari is also helping there. And um, I think that Maharaj published published some schedule of further classes soon, if he hasn't already. Uh, Bhakti Rasa has done. Coming up uh, here in February, March, we have the Dvaita Saptami, Nityanamna Triodasi. By the time of Gorpunim, I'll be back in North Carolina there with the community. And we'll have the festival there for a couple of weeks. Those are the uh, upcoming events. I hope to connect with all of you. This Sunday I will not be on the call. Next Sunday I will. Hari bowl Jai. Hari Krishna.